You're listening to The Crash Pod, the only podcast about the new warriors from Marvel Comics. With your host, Thomas Lowe. You can find us at newwarriors.com or on iTunes. Be sure to like our page on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash newwarriors. And follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash new underscore warriors. Be sure to check out Corey Blake's page at newwarriors.wordpress.com for an amazing collection of the New Warriors history. Also, check out Doug Smith's page, novaprimepage.com. This site has an amazing amount of information on Nova, everything you'd ever want to know about Rich Rider, Sam Alexander, anything that has to do with the Nova series. If you are one of our few subscribers who subscribe to the Crash Pod and you're suddenly getting this episode thinking, wait a minute, the last time I got an episode was in September 2014. What is going on? So it's true. Uh, the Crash Pod was originally done by myself, Thomas Logue, Corey Blake, and Doug Smith. Corey and I were on the same time zone, but Doug was not, so there was always an issue of like trying to find a time to record. As a result, the first three episodes we did were kind of sporadic, but I was working on my other podcast with my partner in crime, Michael Moreno, at comicreliefpodcast.com. You can go there if you want, comicreliefpodcast.com. All of our podcasts are available on the site. If you click on issues, they're all there. We have 17 as of right now, and they're also on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere else you can probably find the podcast. So while I was working on the site and I started updating the New Warriors website, I was doing a few things because there's been recently some news that I, I will talk about. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back and do the Crash Pod. What I want to do with this podcast is basically this one, I'm going to go over all the characters who have been members of the New Warriors. I'm going to do it by volume uh, so we can kind of get a sense of who has been in the New Warriors. In the in the other podcast, I'm actually going to go over all the issues of the New Warriors. I'm going to go over all the issues in uh, Volume 1, Volume 2, volume all the way through Volume 5. I want to cover all the issues that Darkhawk of his series. I want to cover the limited series with Firestar. I want to cover the limited series with uh, Justice. I want to cover the limited series with Night Thrasher and even Night Thrasher's own series. I want to cover all the volumes of Nova all the ones that included Rich Rider, all the way down to the ones with Sam Alexander. I want to cover Speedball's 10-issue limited series. I want to cover all that. I even want to cover Power Pack, because a member of Power Pack has been a part of the New Warriors. That should last me a while. The idea is, when I do the ones that cover all the issues, I'll probably do five issues at a time, unless there is a story arc that covers over five issues, and hopefully is entertaining to listen to. So the first thing I want to talk about, the first bit of news, uh, if you're a fan of the New Warriors, I know a lot of people did not like Zeb Wells and Scotty Young's portrayal of the New Warriors. Not so much that the story may have been bad, but whether they intended it or not, it became the foothold for what would lead to the first Civil War. Essentially, they took this team of New Warriors who were um, basically doing a reality show and during an event where they were tracking down villains, one of the villains that they fight is Nitro. Nitro basically ignites himself. He kills Namorita, he kills Night Thrasher, he kills Microbe, and he also kills 600 innocent children at a local uh, school. This sets up civil war where 
Captain America and Iron Man are at ends about whether heroes should be responsible, should they reveal who they are so that they can be held accountable, and the other side being, hey, if we reveal who they are, villains can target family members and go after them that way. So that leads up to Civil War and that whole large event. This was all planned out that this would be the trigger point for Civil War. I don't know. Because of that, it left bad taste in a lot of people's mouths who are actually fans of the New Warriors. Similar to when uh, Bendis, I believe it was, had the collective basically kill Alpha Flight off-panel in one of the issues of Avengers. You just see a bunch of members of Alpha Flight dead. Very disrespectful towards any fans of Alpha Flight. And some will joke and say, oh, Alpha Flight has fans? If you go to alphaflight.net, there are several avid fans of Alpha Flight. Flight. Everyone is someone's favorite character, basically, right? Sometimes there are teams that people are drawn to, whether it's Alpha Flight because maybe people are Canadian, they say, hey, there's a team that represents us. Or New Warriors, where we have a bunch of young teenagers out to try to make a difference in the world, different than the Avengers who are back then following the rules, doing things right. The New Warriors represented these younger heroes who sometimes kind of bent the rules to get what needed to be done. So everyone is someone's favorite character and every team is someone's favorite team. New Warriors happens to be one of my favorite teams. Back in the day of the uh, internet first being born, I remember going on probably AOL doing a search for New Warriors and they had no representation on the web. Back then, hardly anyone had any representation on the web because the web was a fairly new thing for people making personal websites. I had created a New Warriors website on GeoCities. I made this site and it was basically just to say, hey, I like the New Warriors. Here's a couple of cool things about the New Warriors. There was not a lot of content on the site because GeoCities had a very small space to work with because it was free. Uh, my wife eventually surprised me, bought me the domain of NewWarriors.com and I kind of like began updating the site and it progressively grew larger and larger and larger to the point where I included a synopsis of all the uh, issues of New Warriors. I'd start including Darkhawk, Firestars, everyone, all of them, all of them were suddenly being included. I started doing profiles like you see on the Marvel website for all the characters that talks about their height, their weight, their powers, their origin. It just grew and grew and grew. What it is now is something I absolutely love and it's a reflection of my passion for the New Warriors. So, all of that said, this first, or sorry, this is actually going to be the fourth episode because I'm going to keep the first three, keep it all in cohesive order. In this one, as I said, I want to go over all the characters who have been new warriors and what they mean to me, what I like, what I don't like, and I wanted to kind of do it by volume and as members were joining the team, kind of sort of in order. I believe I have it all arranged correctly. We're going to go through this and we're going to start off first with Volume 1, all first issue, uh, we have Firestar, Justice, Namorita, Night Thrasher, Nova, and Speedball. This is the core of the New Warriors. So first I want to talk about Firestar. Firestar, I recognized her back in Uncanny X-Men 193 from where most people probably recognize her. Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, the cartoon. Cartoon was fabulous. I don't know why this is not on DVD or Blu-ray yet, because it needs to be. So Firestar is a very powerful character. She's got the ability to control microwave power. She can fry someone from the inside out. And eventually she actually is shown being able to use her power to basically open up like stargates. So she becomes increasingly powerful, something a lot of writers have forgotten. This power was developed in the New Warriors, but a lot of other writers who have used her since then have made no use of it. I was a huge fan of Firestar. I'm a big fan of Redhead, so Firestar, I love her. Though she has a simple costume, very simple, in the original one, that kind of yellow 
banana suit costume with the red gloves and the little red mask. I actually really liked it. I didn't think her costume needed to be changed. It was eventually changed in New Wars to something a little more fancy. Something I actually really liked that was developed about Firestar in the New Warriors series is that her powers, she began being concerned that she could potentially give other people cancer every time she used her power. Well, this was something the New Warriors did. They took these characters that are not even B, but like C and D list characters and developed them and gave them so much backstory, so much potential, and so many writers forget what has been done in New Warriors. And it's a shame because there was so much great detail. She and Justice eventually became uh, members of the Avengers, which was a natural progression, I believe, for, especially for Justice. Firestar even eventually, most recently, became a teacher with X-Men. I don't know what her status is at this time, but that was the last I read. Next, since I just mentioned him, I want to talk about Justice. He was initially a telekinetic uh, whose power was very weak. Every time he used it, his nose would bleed. He didn't have a lot of power behind it. However, as he used his power, it grew one of the most defining moments in Justice's history. Probably one of my favorite stories ever told in New Wars. Justice, that his father is abusive towards him. I'm not going to say exactly why, but his father is abusive towards Justice to the point where Justice is getting beat up so badly that he defensively just reaches out and uses his power and shoves his father back. Unfortunately, much harder than he ever intended to do. This results in the death of his father at his hands. So now Justice has committed manslaughter. Uh, rather than doing anything about it, he surrenders to the police and he goes to jail for his crime. He's there with other superpowered villains. While he's in jail, he actually, this is one of his strongest characteristics is he always tries to do right. So even in jail with these hardened other criminals that are supervillains, he is trying to make sure that they get their equal rights within jail. When the other new warriors attempt to break him out, he stops him and says, no, I committed this crime. I need to do my time for what I've done. I need to be held responsible for what I have done. And so he serves his time in jail. And when he comes out of jail, he changes his name from Marvel Boy to Justice. And that's how he gets his name Justice. He is essentially the young version of Captain America. He wants to do right. He strives to do right. He always tries to do the right thing. I can't say enough good things about Justice. Next on my list is Namorita. If if you know me from the New Warriors list that I created way back in the day on uh, e-groups, eventually became Yahoo groups, you know my infatuation with Namorita. In New Warriors, we see her immediately as a strong female character. You know, she is not afraid to take a punch. She's going after the juggernaut. I was really drawn to her. Like, I thought she was quote-unquote cute back in the day when I was a little young teenager reading Namor. Uh, but in New Warriors, I was really compelled by how she was a strong female character. It's something I've always liked is this seeing a female character who is there toughing it out with the strongest of male characters without going too much over the top. She still has a feminine side. She's not like this motorcycle riding chick who looks really aggressive and scary. She is definitely still a feminine character. So Namorita I have a huge crush on. Always have. Julie Bell did a print of one of her cards that was on one of those Marvel trading cards back in the day. And it was limited to 500. The print I purchased was number 2 out of 500. And it hangs on my wall. Not above my bed. My wife wouldn't let me put it there. But it hangs on my wall in my 
my office. Next on the list I want to talk about is Night Thrasher. Night Thrasher was made in Thor 411 as the leader of the New Warriors. He, a lot of people say, is the equivalent of Bruce Wayne, who is Batman. He's this rich kid who's an orphan, has all this money, and has an organization where Batman dresses up in his costume. Night Thrasher has his armor. As I mentioned, the trigger for Civil War, Night Thrasher was one of the New Warriors that died. Night Thrasher, Microbe, and Namorita. Night Thrasher recently appeared in the Contest of Champions comic, and as it turns out, I've verified this with the editors at Marvel, that it is the 616, for lack of a better word, Night Thrasher. Even though in the New Warriors we saw Bandit, who found his half-brother's body, charred and burned, as well as Namoretas and Microbes, so we know Night Thrasher did indeed die. So it looks like what happened is, in Contest of Champions, they pulled Night Thrasher seconds before that explosion. So now I imagine if they dug up Dwayne Taylor's coffin, it would now be empty, because now his body is no longer there. He's been pulled from that instance of death right before it happened. So now he is back. There is a writer named Brandon Easton, I believe is the last name, who writes a bunch of things with Transformers over at IDW. He's writing a lot of stuff. He will be doing a little story in Civil War II, Choosing Sides, which is a six-issue limited series. It won't just feature Night Thrasher. It's actually featuring several characters. So I don't know if Night Thrasher is just in one issue or if it's like short stories that expand over the six issue with all these different characters, but Night Thrasher will be in it. So he is back. All right, next on the list is a character who had his own series uh, before he became a part of the New Warriors, and that is Nova. This is Rich Ryder Nova, not Sam Alexander. I was a big fan of the original Nova. I actually collected his series before I even read The New Warriors, so I was already familiar with that character. However, when they brought him into The New Warriors, they took him out of being called Nova. I think to make him more younger, because everyone else was kind of young, they took Nova and named him Kid Nova. This is something I don't understand why Fabian or whoever came up with this idea to call him Kid Nova, and not just Nova. He eventually, uh, fairly quickly I believe, adopted his name Nova again and dropped the kid part. In the New Warriors, we see that Nova, he's lost his power, and it begins with Night Thrasher basically saying, you have that power in you, and he just drops him from the top of a building. And the power kicks in, and he flies, and he's like, what were you doing? I could have died. And so what's weird is, like, when he comes back up towards Night Thrasher, you know, he is this scruffy, you know, you can see the stubble on his face, he's got this long hair and a ponytail. And so it's kind of weird that they called him Kid Nova, but then they made him look fairly adult. Love Nova, I've loved that character. Last we see is he basically sacrifices himself... I'm using air quotes here, to stop the cancer verse, and we've not seen him since. Next we have on the list is Speedball. Speedball is the wacky character. He is essentially the heart of the New Warriors. He is that funny, kind of don't take things seriously, bounces around, literally bounces around, and he's the comic relief on the team. He's the typical youngster. He's like making jokes at Namorita, you know, like hitting Otter and stuff like that. So he's the fun guy on the team. I would say if you ask most New Warriors fans who your favorite character is, I am going to say probably about 95% of them will say Speedball. Moving down the list, eventually Silhouette, who we see from the Night Thrasher series, has a tie with both Night Thrasher and Bandit, who turns out to be Night Thrasher's half-brother. She eventually joins New Warriors in issue number 14. She basically has the ability to shadow teleport. She uses the Dark Force dimension to basically slip into shadows and move from one spot to another if, you know, using the Dark Force to teleport back and forth. It's an amazing power. However, the Night Thrasher series, early on you see that she is shot in the back 
and she ends up being crippled because of it. So she has these leg bracers that she uses to move around. Midnight's Fire, who is her brother, butts heads with Night Thrasher over this and blames him. It's always his fault. Uh, Silhouette is a great character. She's interesting. She appears throughout the first run of the New Warriors. We see her a few times in the other volumes, and most recently she appeared in the Christopher Yost and Marcus Toe version of the New Warriors um, to help him out a few times. Uh, she's another strong female character. Not physically strong, but her will and her determination. She's someone who stands up for herself. I love that. Next on the list is Darkhawk. I was a huge fan of the Darkhawk series. Uh, both my friend Chuck and I used to collect Darkhawk. We were big fans of him. Essentially, he's a guy who found this amulet uh, in this carnival area. It gives him this special power that gives him this armored form. And back then, he could only glide. Then he had like a little power cable claw that came from his fist that he could use like to pull himself kind of like what you see with spider-man or you know use it to grab people eventually his suit would change over time he would develop the ability to fly and then most recently uh in the war of kings and ascension he discovers that he's part of the raptor organization for lack of a better word which allows him to do all kinds of things with his armor he can fly he can shape its form into different forms there's like a war version of it all these crazy things i thought when they did the war of kings uh, ascension that we were going to see Darkhawk much more. I thought they were setting him up to appear somewhere else. Fortunately, since then, we've not really seen him. He's appeared a few times, and he's back into the more clunky-looking armor. So once again, this is something where writers took him and developed him, made him something more powerful, something that you think that people would be more willing to use, and yet nothing's happened. Next on the list, we have Rage, who joins the New Warriors around issue number 26 of the first volume. Rage had originally appeared in the Avengers. He was actually an Avenger for a while. His backstory is basically he was a young kid exposed to these chemicals and they turned him into this big buff huge hulking kind of guy that looks much older than he really is. I feel like him and Speedball made a great dynamic together. Next in issue number 48 of the first volume we are joined by Hindsight Lad. Hindsight Lad is a guy who has absolutely no power. No power whatsoever. However he discovers who Robbie Baldwin aka Speedball is and basically blackmails him into the new warriors as quote unquote Hindsight Lad. Around that issue we also get Bandit who is Night Thrasher's half brother joining the new warriors temporarily because some of them have disappeared along with them is dagger from cloak and dagger she also joins in 48 turbo there's two of them actually there's turbo who is mickey which was a young asian girl who ends up being the main turbo character and then there was turbo who was mike he also was in issue 48 uh, and he has the outfit for a while as well Eventually, Mike is killed by a wraith, and that's when Mickey takes over and continues to use the suit. Powerhouse is from Power Pack. It's actually Alex Power, who has absorbed all the powers of all the members of Power Pack into himself and basically calling him calling himself Powerhouse. In issue 50, we see what appears to be a, another speedball, or it appears to be speedball, but we eventually learn later that it is a futuristic named Darian Grobe, who uh, is basically for lack of a better word, impersonating Speedball. Scarlet Spider, who is Ben Riley, joins the New Warriors roughly around issue 62. This is because back then, Marvel had split all their comics into 
different categories, for lack of a better word. There was the X-Books, so that had X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, and all the X-related books there. There was the Avengers, which had Avengers, West Coast Avengers, freaking every other version, Solo Avengers. And then there were the Spider-Man books, which was Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, and this also included the New Warriors. In order to brand it as that Spider-Man book, they brought in Scarlet Spider, which at the time was Ben Riley. There was also another character named Helix. I actually really liked Helix. He joined the New Warriors around issue number 68. He had this power to basically adapt to everything around him. He didn't last very long with the New Warriors. The series in the first volume ended with issue 75, and so he joins at 68, so you can tell he's not in there for a long time. In issue 72, we see her before this, but she quote-unquote joins New Warriors at issue 72, and this is Time Slip. This is a character who can slip back and forth. Can you guess? between time. She sees the death of Speedball and sees that happen and believes that it's actually Speedball's death. I don't want to spoil it because I'll eventually talk about the issue, but this is what brings her in connection with the New Warriors and also the Sphinx also plays a part with that, but I'll talk about that later. I really like the character Time Slip and one of the things I really like about her is actually the design of her costume. I thought she had a really, really cool costume. It kept true to her culture as a character. It just really looked great. So she was one of the characters I thought was designed very well. It's alluded in a flashback of Avengers Initiative number 10 that there were two members of the New Warriors that are never actually seen as members other than this flashback. And that includes Slapstick, which it took me a long time to accept that this crazy, off-the-wall, kind of like an impossible man kind of character has become a member of the New Warriors. The Avengers Initiative was actually a good story, and it made me at least appreciate Slapstick a little more. Another character who, in the flashback, had quote-unquote joined is Ultra Girl. Now, this is unusual because in Ultra Girl's own limited series guess it was a limited series. It only ran, I believe, three issues. In issue two or three, the New Warriors actually approach her and say, would you like to be a member of the New Warriors? And she declines. So eventually, at some point in Avengers Initiative, that flashback, she does eventually join the New Warriors and take them up in that offer. As a result, eventually also develops a relationship with Justice. And normally, when people think of the New Warriors and couples, it's actually Justice and Firestar that people think of, or Nova and Namorita. So something happens between Justice and Firestar star where ultra girl ends up becoming involved with him we switch over to volume two now a lot of people don't like volume two one of the problems that volume two had is writer jay faber i'm probably pronouncing it wrong uh, apparently butt heads a lot with the editor as to what he wanted to do and what they wanted him to do and eventually there was a rotation of different pencilers who came onto the book only lasted about 10 issues but overall it had really good artists on the book and i thought jay told a good story. He introduces another African-American character by the name of Aegeus. He essentially finds the uh, Greek shield and uses it as a breastplate. He's not your traditional superhero, so he doesn't have access to make all these cool costumes and stuff like that. So he's basically in camouflage pants, this breastplate that was once a shield, and a, a, th a mask over his eyes. It's not a great look for a costume, but I actually appreciate what he did there, because this is a kid who's basically in the ghetto 
trying to do things right. He's basically pieced together what he has access to. And so Aegis eventually joins New Warriors in Volume 2, Issue Number 1. I really like the character. Unfortunately, in the pages of Hercules, he eventually meets his death. But it's disappointing that eventually he is eventually killed in the Hercules series. Another character who joins New Warriors in Volume 2, Issue Number 1, is a character by the name of Bolt. Now, the cool thing with Bolt is he has at the time the legacy virus which is lethal to mutants it's the mutant version of hiv essentially uh, those with the legacy virus are basically doomed to die and the way they die is usually very painful their power essentially burns out and they die a painful horrible death he keeps this dark secret and it's really cool story of him struggling with the fact that he has the legacy virus now in volume three we have microbe who joins new words with issue number one i really like microbe he is an overweight character he's not the standard buff male good looking character and not even like slightly overweight he's actually what you would probably call obese he's this guy he's overweight he's trying to do something good with his powers and his power is basically it's gonna sound really weird but he can speak to microorganisms and you think what good is that right well there's a couple times where there's someone who's dead essentially or something that's dead and he speaks to the microorganisms on the body to discover what has happened to the body it's actually a fairly strong power if you consider the potential of what he can do in volume three issue number four a character by the name of debris comes in uh this is during the time where the new warriors are doing that kind of reality show thing and debris is brought in basically to cause drama and mess with the new warriors and stuff like that. Her ability is basically to control debris and move stuff around, kind of create a vortex, if you will. She didn't get a lot of development in the uh, Volume 3 of the New Warriors. She does appear in Avengers Initiative, I believe, later on for a few issues, so you kind of see a little more of her. As a character, I didn't care too much for her. She didn't do a lot in the New Warriors. So we skip now to... New Warriors Volume 4. This volume of New Warriors is probably my least favorite. Essentially what we've done with this is Scarlet Witch has basically done the thing where she says no more mutants and a bunch of mutants lose their powers. So we have a lot of mutants or ex-mutants if you will who have lost their powers and now are using tech in order to simulate powers. For example, uh, in this volume, there's a character by the name of Wondra. She is actually Jubilee from the X-Men. She is using tech power to basically shrink and grow. Another character in this team is someone by the name of Blackwing. He kind of looks like uh, Falcon with a darker outfit. Uh, and this is a mutant formerly known as Beak. Now, without his powers, he is no longer disfigured to look like a human vulture kind of thing. He actually looks like a normal kid. As Blackwing, I actually liked the character. Maiko, my partner over at Comic Relief Podcast, actually liked Beak, which is amazing considering he makes fun of me for liking Adam X. Another character we have in this team is Decibel. He basically amplifies sound and does all this stuff. This turns out to be the character formerly known as Chamber from Generation X. Tempest, who was formerly, I believe, the fourth version of quote-unquote Angel. Her name is Angel Salvador. She's the one who develops a relationship with Blackwing slash Beak. And they end up having kids that look like bumblebees. She has basically the power to control fire and cold 
from her different hands, all through tech. Next on the list, we have Ripcord, who is essentially a lot like, kind of like Omega Red. She has these coils that come out of her hands and stuff like that. She is a mutant formerly known as Stacy X or Ecstasy, uh, whichever way. Never a fan of Ecstasy or Stacy X, and I was not a fan of Ripcord either. Next on the list, we have Skybolt, who is actually formerly the uh, character known as Redneck. Another one of those uncanny X-Men students that was introduced like by the hundreds when they did this thing where they introduced a whole mess of mutants in new X-Men 126, I believe it was. Didn't really know him as Redneck. I did not collect new X-Men. I dropped it. But as Skybolt, I actually really liked his character. He had this armored form with a like this jetpack. I actually liked his look as well. He was one of the characters I actually really liked in this volume. Unfortunately, it appears that he eventually dies, sacrificing himself, trying to save one of the new warriors. But I'll talk about that later when I go over the issues. Next on the list, there was a character by the name of Phaser. He had these little phasey things that he could shoot out of his hands and chest. Uh, this is uh, Christian Cord, who was formerly known as Radian, I believe. Uh, he was another one that appeared in New X-Men, I believe around issue 134 is what I have down. Was not a fan of him, didn't like him in the New Warriors. Christine Cord, who formerly was known as Tattoo, I know nothing about her. She was originally seen in New X-Men 126, again with the whole slew of characters. Uh, in the New Warriors volume, she was known as Longstrike. Uh, she ends up dying. I uh, was not a fan of her character at all. The next character that we see, and she joins a little bit later, I want to say around issue four or six of the uh, series, is Renaissance, or Renaissance, and she was originally known as Wind Dancer. Uh, she first appeared in New Mutants number one back in 2003. Not the original run of New Mutants, but this is the uh, New Mutants back in 2003. I don't know much about her as Wind Dancer, but I actually really thought she was a cool character when they introduced her in this volume of New Warriors. Next, uh, during Dark Reign, which was a time where Norman Osborn was like the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. or he was the president, I don't even know. The Scarlet Spiders, there were three of them, uh, they were sort of considered members of the New Warriors. Didn't really care for the character. He was in the uh, Avengers Initiative. Then we go to the most recent version of the New Warriors, uh, which sadly recently, well, fairly recently, came to an end. Uh, much too soon. That is with New Warriors Volume 5. We have Nova, which is Sam Alexander. He ends up joining New Warriors, actually not within the volume, but actually in his own series uh, with Sam Alexander. This is Nova Volume 6, technically. Uh, issue number 10. Justice and Speedball are in the car talking about how they want to remake the New Warriors and ask him if he wants to be a part of it since they can't get a hold of the original Nova, which is Rich Rider, who is, they know or believe is dead. Sam Alexander as Nova joins in Nova Volume 6, number 10. I am a huge fan of Rich Rider. As I said before when I was talking about him, I really like that character. And I initially held a grudge of Sam Alexander being introduced as Nova. Marvel just did not seem to care about continuity anymore. And that's what I thought this Nova was. Basically a chance to use a name that they've already got copywritten, introduce a new character, and let's just go with this new Nova. So I was initially against this Nova. I collected the series just because it was Nova. And uh, the first couple issues were okay. But eventually... 
I apologize, I can't remember the writer, but eventually a different writer came on board and really, really developed the character, really gave him some life. If you're a fan of Nova and you've been holding out and you're mad that they've not brought back Rich Rider, and that's the reason you're not reading the Nova series with Sam Alexander, do yourself a favor, give it a chance. You might actually be surprised. Next we have Scarlet Spider, who is formerly Kane from the Spider-Man clone saga that was such a mess. Uh, Christopher Yost was doing a Scarlet Spider solo series, and that was coming to an end, and in order to keep writing him, he said, well, if I'm going to do a new Warriors series, I'm going to bring him into the series. He also brought in Hummingbird, who was traveling with Scarlet Spider at the time. She basically has this power to sort of read emotions off people. This series uh, introduces another character, New Warriors Volume 5, Number 1, someone by the name of Sun Girl. So she ends up being the daughter of Dr. Edward Lansky, who is better known as the villain, Lightmaster. She actually uses his technology to basically create sunbursts through like little things on her uh, wrist. Her costume is absolutely awesome. I actually really like her costume. I like her character because she's strong. She stands up for herself. Her first appearance is actually in Superior Spider-Man Team Up number one. It's worth getting to see her introduction and how she moves into the New Warriors. Another character they bring in, and I'm not sure how to pronounce it, I always say Orhachi. It's H-A-E-C-H-I. He's basically an inhuman who has all these other Inhumans trying to basically drag him back into their gang. And that's basically what the first couple of stories with the Volume 5 is about. Christopher Yost also sets up a number of other stories with the High Evolutionary, the Evolutionaries, which are like these robots that believe in the process of evolution. Haichi? Haichi? however you pronounce it, he actually chains in, changes into this like dragon form eventually, really starts ripping stuff apart. Another character that joins is a character by the name of Watersnake. She is an Atlantean. Her quest is basically to find Namorita. She believes Namorita is still alive. Watersnake is one of several, apparently, who is out to find Namorita. Watersnake has blue skin. She can control water. She has this cool trident that she can make out of water and then use as a real weapon. Awesome character. I really, really liked Watersnake, and I was really disappointed that the series did not get to go as long as it should have. Uh, New Warriors... Volume 5 was probably one of the best volumes of New Warriors since the initial run. There was so much potential, so much greatness. There was a lot of great character development. Christopher Yost and Marcus Toe knocked it out of the park every time. Unfortunately, I guess the sales were not there to continue the series, and they were forced to cut it short and basically conclude everything really quick, and that left several plot lines open. Uh, Water Snake's story did not get to finish. Um, Haichi's story really didn't get to finish. Uh, the story of Maelstorm's uh, minions uh, did not get to finish. There was a lot of stuff that did not get to finish. But at the very end of uh, New Warriors Volume 5, I'll go into it more when I talk about the issues, we actually see the team standing together, and it's literally Nova, Scarlet Spider, Sun Girl, Haichi, Water Snake, Hummingbird, Silhouette, and Namorita. So we see that Namorita is alive. How? We don't know. She's simply there, so how she came back uh, remains unknown, because that is just a plotline that never got to be finished. But we see that Christopher Yost basically said, well, even though I didn't get to finish the story, there is a story there, and now Marita came back. So I want to go over some of the uh, 
some of the supporting cast. One of them is Ty. She is the, uh, for lack of a better word, she's essentially the housemaid, kind of like uh, helped Dwayne Taylor, Night Thrasher, grow up. She also protected him in a way. There is a much bigger story that happens that centers around Ty that I don't want to go into. I'll talk about it later. Uh, there is Cord who is essentially uh, Dwayne's kind of guardian, if you will. He's the guy that's really pushing the New Warriors to train. He's the one who is... He's the Professor X of the New Warriors, in a way. Uh, They're both introduced in issue number one. They have Sprocket, who is introduced in volume one, issue number 29. She's their pilot. She has a helicopter. She's got a loud mouth, cusses a lot, and uh, eventually you find out she has a daughter, but that issue or that happens in the issues of thunderbolt i'll probably talk about it later if i talk about sprocket uh, in volume four we get introduced to grace Kaz, and aja can't remember a lot about them volume four being the weaker version of the new warriors for me I just remember that they were there working on computers basically helping the new warriors train uh so that wraps up all the main characters who were in the new warriors that's gonna be this will be the jumping point for the crash pod to continue at some point in the future, if Corey and Doug are able to come on, like if I schedule something, if they're interested, uh, I'll probably have them on. But I want to get this back on a regular schedule and possibly other guests. Maybe I can get some actual writers who've worked on the New Warriors to possibly come in and talk about stuff. Until then, all we want to do is change the world. You're listening to The Crash Pod, the only podcast about the new warriors from Marvel Comics. With your host, Thomas Lowe. You can find us at newwarriors.com or on iTunes. Be sure to like our page on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash newwarriors. And follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash new underscore warriors. Be sure to check out Corey Blake's page at newwarriors.wordpress.com for an amazing collection of the New Warriors history. Also, check out Doug Smith's page, novaprimepage.com. This site has an amazing amount of information on Nova, everything you'd ever want to know about Rich Rider, Sam Alexander, anything that has to do with the Nova series. 